You're listening to another great podcast in the Stoplight Network. Tech Fan Podcast 191, Tim Robertson, David Cohen. We delve deep into the Sony hack. We have a special guest in studio. In studio. And we talk a lot about electric cars. And it is Tech Fan Podcast number 191. We think Owen is still sleeping in today, don't we, David? Cohen? <laughs> we do, yeah. No uh, kids. No kids. <laughs> I texted twice. I texted uh, earlier in the morning, and then yeah. I texted, oh, right when we were supposed to start, and no Owen. I, this would have been the first time the three of us got together for a while. Yeah. But you and I are here, and I have a surprise, Chad. Oh, yeah, I'm here, too. Hi, David. <laughs> Hello, Chad. How are you? Good. How are you? Uh, Chad Perry, for those who don't know, was the original co-host of mine on the MyMac podcast, and he occasionally shows up here on TechFan. You were on the 500th episode of uh, the MyMac podcast. And for those listening, David did not know Chad was sitting here this whole time. (laughs) (laughs) So he was just as surprised as you guys to hear the voice. So how how have you been, Chad? Been doing well. Been Mm -hmm. doing well. Work's been keeping me busy, of course. You plus, gotta talk a little in, bit louder towards the mic. Yeah, plus just life in general. So you can move the whole stool if you need to. Yeah, I'm moving it up. What will be knee to knee? Yo, you're <laughs> touching me, Tim. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Chad came over, uh, David. He for two reasons. Number one, to do the podcast this week, yeah. and number two, he's the first adult other than myself to play my arcade. All right, cool. So, which is very sweet. It is pretty neat. Yeah. Isn't it? Very nice. Nice setup. That's Very definitely good. something you want to put in your game room when you build a game room. Yeah, yeah, you definitely <laughs> want that. And you're and you're starting to talk softly again. You got to talk All right, loudly. Get the at microphone. The mic. <laughs> this is your first rodeo, man. No, it's not my first rodeo. You're right. It's just I I just lose track of it. I've lost the discipline. <laughs> yeah, it it is something that if you haven't done for a while, you do kind of fall out of it. You know. Yeah. But Chad, you you podcasted for what four or five years? Yeah. And. uh it's kind of nice to, to, to get you back on the show occasionally, and, you know, you, you when we record, you're usually at work, so yeah. it's almost yeah. virtually impossible, but this is the holiday season. You're off today. and Yeah, we got a paid holiday. It's not Boxing Day in the United States, but no. <laughs> we did get it paid, so. <clears throat> so, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things I wanted to talk about last week was this whole Sony getting hacked and this hacker group making threats and Sony pulling this movie called The Interview from theaters. Uh, it's been an ongoing issue for basically two weeks now. And we have a resolution, David. Well, we do. Um, I think I think the the sad part of the story for me is how we got, how we got there rather than um, what the outcome is. Because really, we should have gotten to where we are today without all the hoop de But... Um, yeah, they they finally decided they're going to release the movie. Um, they're releasing it in limited run in theaters, and they're also going to really release it online or have released it online. Uh, and of course, surprise, surprise, people are saying, "Oh, it's not really that great movie." Um, but I did watch fact, it myself. Yeah, the fact that I, I haven't had a chance to see it yet, I probably will watch it. Um, but the fact that we kind of got to this—I mean, I started 
um, obviously I wasn't on the show, but I, I started making you aware of this as soon as it happened, saying this is ridiculous, you know, that um, immediately they suffered this very embarrassing hack, which... Which we talked about when we talked about uh, some of the stuff released from Marvel and mm-hmm. the discussions yeah. with all that. And, and, and you know, here, there's a shocker. The people who work behind the scenes in the movie industry are generally arrogant idiots. Um but but you know that that being said, the the big thing was this supposed threat that uh, the reason this hack had occurred was because it was North Korea sponsored and um, it was about this movie where they they talk about assassinating the North Korean leader um, and they they threatened to uh, create terrorist incidents and everyone kind of took it extremely po-faces seriously and said oh well we can't release the movie we're going to write all the money off we're going to and it was just like. I, well, I said to you, considering this is an industry which pretty much a good 50-60% of, of its output is about um, American imperialism, is about, you know, the American military are the best of the best and we don't take anything from everybody, anybody and we always come and strike you down if you hurt us and all of this sort of thing for an industry to capitulate so completely to a complete non-threat to me was, was quite... was quite disturbing really I mean it just you you almost wanted to say to these guys look grow a pair for goodness sake um, what do you think no I'm, I'm with David and I, I agree it's grow a pair but then there's part of me that is this total you know cynic that looks at it and goes okay somebody in the background in, in, in Hollywood's going wow what a great PR spin this is going to be let's pull this movie get this huge undercurrent of people who now want to see it because once you make once you've banned something everybody wants to look at it now yeah and and now all of a sudden you've got this free pr courtesy of this hacker group or kim jong-il or whoever you want to actually you know attribute the actual attack to and, and so and so sony holds the back. last second they go we're gonna release it these ways yeah because president obama says it's okay now yeah <laughs> well if, if that if that actually was was the plan and you know I'm 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 a fairly strong believer in in ascribing most stupidity to stupidity and incompetence rather than Machiavellian schemes myself right. and I know where you're coming I know where you're coming from with that I I don't think these guys have the uh, vision to pull off something like that I think it was it was you know they've been and they've been indoctrinated by 15 years of um of 9-11, you know, home, homeland security talk, which is, you know, anything with a terrorism label on it um, is, is, must, be, uh, must be feared to the nth degree. Uh, and I believe they did completely capitulate. I, and I think if they did try to spin it um, to try and drum up publicity by basically doing that, oh, we're not going to release it, oh, no, we are going to release it, thing, it's completely backfired because... I don't can't imagine anybody ever thought the president of the United States would comment personally on this particular issue, no. and certainly, mm-hmm. and in a way that that basically criticised them for being wusses, which is what he he effectively did. Um, I I am concerned for some of the things I've heard the last few days that the typical, uh, uh, you know, U.S. news cycle stroke politicisation of everything has kicked in, and we've heard. You know the FBI saying we have definite evidence that it was North Korea, but we can't tell you what evidence is. Uh, we've had um, people on the uh, right wing side of the political aisles in the states start talking about taking direct action against North Korea, and uh, you know we can't stand for this. And the usual kind of warmongering, saber rattling type 
rubbish that that seems to dominate politics world right. politics nowadays um which kind of saddens me because the you know it, 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 what what you can't whatever the motivations of the people behind this whether they be north korean sponsored or whether they just be a hacker group whatever when you start talking like that you're giving them that oxygen of publicity and i think that's that's not what this deserves i think what also disturbs me about this is there has been very little talk about how completely utterly pathetic Sony's uh, security is. This is yeah. it's not like this was this wasn't something like uh, like out of Mission Impossible. This was um this stuff was all wide open. I I've, I've seen lists online in news stories of plain text files and Excel files called Master Password List 1 and inside that there are lists of all of their um social media account passwords. These guys are completely and utterly incompetent. And you know, yeah, the movie executives are not meant to be uh, IT security literate, but they should be able to afford to pay somebody who is and to adopt um, IT security principles. But I suspect what's happened is every time anyone's tried to do that, they've all gone, oh, no, it's too inconvenient. Oh, we can't get our work done. Yeah, and so, you're right. so, you know, and now, and now for the second time, because it isn't the first time that's, that Sony, uh, part of Sony Corporate has been hacked, yeah. um, they've been left with egg on their faces. And we see really what a as I said, we've seen what a horrible, horrible industry this industry is to work in, and um, how they can—they will take any opportunity to uh, diss and talk down uh, people who who basically responsible for their livelihoods. Um, and you know, they they obviously took this project on, never thinking that this was would be a possibility. And then as soon as they got some criticism for it, supposedly from the people they were they were satirizing. They immediately rolled over and said, "Oh, we're not going to release it." I think it's the whole thing is a terrible, terrible indictment of of that part that part of the industry. Really, I thought that the the premise of the movie sounded funny, except I didn't like the fact that it was an actual person that they were satirizing someone that's actually alive, naming the country, naming the leader. Right. Um, I, I thought that was just crass. I didn't think that was very funny. Well, and, I think... And, but the, and we have a, a long history in Hollywood that they do this, but they don't usually name the person. Charlie Chaplin lampooned Hitler. Right. Yeah, and he I, never I, used the name. He called him the great I, dictator. I think, I think it depends on your particular... Your particular style, I'd, I'd say that the uh, the Seth Rogen style uh, and the people involved in his circle are very much about you know let's let's do it, let's push it to the edge. Um, they, I look, think it's lazy writing. Well, I think you can pull it off. I mean, uh, the uh, the South Park guys did it in Team America, and it was very very funny. Um, and and I I enjoyed that movie, and I I enjoyed it more the fact that they actually use real people i think if you are going to use real people it does have to go more than one way so i think well that's you are... the thing about that movie was that they they satirized left right the dictator i mean everything right how no, nothing was out of bounds nothing now, was... I, i've not seen the movie i don't know no whether... no i'm talking about the south park guys yeah but i've not seen this movie but i don't know whether the only real political character in it is yes um, the North Korean leader, yes. and if, if the if the U.S. president and the head of the uh, chief the chief of defense staff and the head of the FBI are not referred to no, by their real names, then that is that is I, I can sympathize with your point. It, it, uh, I just don't think it's I think it's crass when they have a movie like that where they show uh, an assassination of a living person that's actual a, a person. I think that's mm -hmm. I don't like that. I don't care if it's someone that 
I like. I don't care if it's someone that I hate. I think it's crass and it's lazy. Yeah, but, but if you're I... going to do it, you then do it. But don't don't capitulate immediately with the first sign of trouble. And that's what Sony did. That's but right. to be fair to Sony, it wasn't them who capitulated to begin with, David. It was the movie theaters. They're the all those well, all the big ones said we're not going to show this movie. We're well, not going to show is... this movie until yeah, Sony yeah. had nobody to show the movie with. I, the, you know what? I would sympathize with that point um, if Sony had then turned around and said, "Okay, so nobody's prepared to distribute it, so we're going to release it online, or we're going to do something right. else anyway." Yep. In fact, what they did is they said, "No, the movie's cancelled. Forget it ever existed." Yep. And it was only it was only when the backlash started that they then first around said, "Well, we're thinking about maybe ways we can distribute it online," and that turned into within a week. Oh yes, we are distributing it online pretty much everywhere. Of course, they'd missed the iTunes window, so they couldn't get it into iTunes. Um, yeah, the people at but, Apple went home. They're on vacation. Well, well yeah, because because the, the iTunes store, um, in terms of the, that process, closes down before, before Christmas. Correct, right. Uh, you know, I, again, you see some commentators saying, oh, uh, Apple weren't prepared to release it, and it's rubbish. Well, they weren't but, prepared to release it because there was a window yeah. that anybody... And look, I produce content that's shown in, in iTunes, right? Um I'm also set up as a publisher to send books to the iBook store. I got an email from Apple at all these different for all these different accounts that I have with them as a publisher that no new content will be added after this date. Yeah. No new podcasts that I submit, no books that I put in as a software developer, any changes after this mm -hmm. point will not be reflected in the iTunes store until they reopen sometime in January. But the commentary has been, oh, Apple refused that's just to, lazy to show journalism. it. Yeah, refused to show it because they had a problem with that. And, and let's face it, why should Apple bring people in back from their holidays to to rectify a, an error that Sony themselves made? Because well, here's the thing, it wasn't even on the PSN network. Yeah. Sony's yeah. own network, it wasn't on there. Yeah. Which, by the way, got hacked as long as well as... Well, it got attacked as, long, as well as the Xbox network. It was down... Pretty much all of Christmas. Mm -hmm. Look, I think I think what this what this incident does show um, a lot of these corporations is they need to start taking IT security seriously. I'd they can't afford to uh, to continue to to go along the line of of we can do what we want internally, we can say we want internally, and it'll be okay. Nobody will ever get to see it. They've got to employ the right people to harden themselves up adopt the right procedures so these things don't happen because it doesn't it doesn't really matter at this point whether this group was um north korean army officers or whether it was uh, an independent north korean group group or whether it was somebody else who just decided to, to stick it on that on that title to deflect criticism mm -hmm. the point is is you don't need a lot of you. You don't need a lot of uh, particularly skilled people to pull this sort of thing off now. When the doors are wide open, and the, certainly the doors were wide open. I think, uh, and it's something that we've talked about many times on this show, David. It really comes down to a lack of leadership at Sony. You know, we've yeah. talked about a lack of leadership at Microsoft, at HP. You know, we've called out names when need be. This is a prime example of why. Sony needs better leadership. And a, a strong leader would have got out ahead of this thing, would have immediately figured out what the right thing to do was, not which way the wind was blowing, mm -hmm. but what the right thing to do was. Look, if this was Tim Cook at Sony, do you think that this would have been an issue? There's no way. He would have came out with a statement on every news program 
as well as a press release to everybody saying, uh, we will not bow to threats, we will not bow to this, and uh, this movie will be shown, and if our partner, if our great partners in, in the theaters, uh, theater owners, don't want to show it, that's fine, we'll put it on our own iTunes and make it freely available. Yeah. Sony could have right. done that. They own a distribution network called the PlayStation Network, right? Yep. They own their own website. They could have put this out for free just to spit in the face of the attackers. Not, not only that, if, if the FBI and the Department of Homeland Security and all the other organizations responsible for um, defense against terrorism in the United States could not give Sony and the theater owners a credible assessment of whether actually this thing would happen. A lot of people did point out that when The Dark Knight was released, sorry, when The Dark Knight Rises was released, there was that shooting yeah. uh, in Aurora. And, right. you know, real people died. Mm-hmm. And it was, yeah, it was just one crazy guy, but the guy had a booby-trapped apartment. It was a real domestic terrorism. And yet they didn't pull the movie as a result of that. There was never any question of them pulling the movie as a result of that. Everyone recognized it for what it was. And yet here... It, I, to me, it was just an excuse. I think they 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 were hugely embarrassed. I think they realised they were they were in it, and as you say, poor leadership meant that they thought the best thing to do is just run away from it as quickly as possible. And I think what they did is they were perfectly happy to accept when when they when they said to their um, their um, distribution partners, okay, well, well we've been told that if you show it, there will be a terrorist incident, and. Um, you know, I think they they pitched it to their partners in such a way that they, they that they could use the partners as an excuse to say, "Oh, well, they're not going to show it, so we're not going to show it." Could be. I, I don't I don't believe that Sony went anywhere near the extra mile to actually try and verify whether that threat was credible or not, and to try and convince their partners to show the movie. I think that was a very convenient excuse when people started saying that. I agree. Um, I, I think it's a sad state of affairs all the way around. I don't know if we'll ever find out who did it, but should there be retaliatory whatever against, if it, let's say it was North Koreans, should anything be done against them? Because it looks like something was done uh, just a couple of days ago. Their entire internet was blacked out for pretty yeah. much a day. Yeah. Well, yeah, and and who knows? Who, and that's a proportionate happens. response, I think, don't you? Well, yeah. I, I I don't. The point is, at this point, we don't know who did that or whether it was even. Whether it whether it was even a third party, whether it was the Koreans themselves, whatever, I can't imagine that the um, internet infrastructure in North Korea is particularly robust. No, uh, but let's assume that the FBI actually does know what they're doing, and I like to think that they do. I think there probably would have been more terrorist attacks in this country if it wasn't for the FBI doing actual police work, not the interrogation stuff, right. not the military action that we've taken overseas, uh, because. At the end of the day, uh, terrorism is a law enforcement thing. It's not a military thing. It right. just it, that's how it is. Um, I think they've done a lot of things. They've thwarted a lot of plots that we don't know anything about. And if they're coming out saying yes, this was definitely the North Koreans, we have proof. We're not going to show you the proof because it's an ongoing investigation. I understand sure. that completely. If they're saying that it was North Koreans or it was at least North Korean sponsored, what's a proportional response? I think taking down their internet for a day is definitely a proportional response. Not military action. We already have sanctions in place against that country. Right. We, we disrupted their internet for a day. I think that's a proportional response. Look, you, you mess with us, you hack a company, um, this is going to happen. You're going to be without internet. Now, that doesn't sound like, oh, so what, they were out of internet for a day. That's pretty 
freaking disruptive. Think about the last time you were out of internet for five hours. You're pulling your hair out. No offense, David and Chad. Well, I, I think in North Korea, it's more of a proportional response because primarily I think we can pretty much guess that most of their internet is still controlled by their military and used by their military. Right. The average so you North take Korean does not have right. web access. So you take the, the military internet access down, that's pretty scary for those people. Yeah. Yeah, it could have been that. It, it could have been China, to be honest. China apparently right. is becoming increasingly... Um, Dissatisfied with having, uh, you know, that they, they, North Korea has gone from being a their single communist ally to being pretty much a uh, a thorn in their side, quite literally. Well, yeah, because um, China is becoming more cosmopolitan. Yeah, they're they're yeah. they're moving more towards the west than they are to the east, if you will. They're moving, but, and, and I'm not saying democratic, yeah. but at least uh, they're not they're not. Yeah, they're not an isolationist state like North Korea no, is. But no. who? Whoever or whatever did uh, took that down, and whether it was coincidence or, or not. I mean, in terms of responses, I, I, I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm less. Given given what we've had in the last uh, twelve, fourteen years, I'm less willing to take uh, government statements about this. You know, definitively, this they've got weapons of mass destruction. They've got this. They did that um, at face value because I, I often, I often find that. Um, you know, when the truth is out, you find that the things are not as black and white as they are painted in the media. Um, so, you know, in terms of retaliation, personally for me, it would have been, I, I think, more more appropriate to go to the Chinese and say, look, you've got to do something about these guys. We're not going to put up with this and get the Chinese to do it for us. Um, and I, I think, you know, um, really nine nine times out of ten the message the, the right message to be sending to uh, to American citizens is look you've got to recognize this is another way people can have a go at us and you need to take the appropriate steps to to defend yourselves from it because it's not hard to defend yourselves from these things um, you know hacking into a company is very different from knocking a company offline what happened to Xbox Live and PSN Network yesterday was they were um, subject to a denial of service attack yeah, correct. which is Inconvenient. It's a horrible day for it to happen because plenty of people with Christmas presents um, weren't able to use them, particularly as most of these consoles now need large updates as soon as you turn them on, um, and and that's unfortunate. But that's a very different matter from actually penetrating into a company and stealing data from them. And penetrating into a company is, is much harder to do if you adopt the right procedures and the right practices. And most of these companies don't. And I know from my work. I do a lot of IT security work. I know in getting even organizations like police forces here in the UK to actually comply with the right procedures and policies. It's much more about doing things right and and making sure that people do the right things and, and know how to respond rather than necessarily putting technical solutions in place. And, and most of the things that they have to do is inconvenienced yes. for them to do their jobs you know, as effectively Absolutely. as they want to. So that's why you get a lot of... You know, oh, we we can't do that because of this and this and this and you know. And how did how did Sony corporate respond to this attack? All those systems were taken offline, and then for the last two weeks they've been working on iPhones and iPads, which and great. Replacing okay. the PCs They'll, with Macs. Yeah, well, it's great. It's great that they can work on their iPhones and their iPads, but you know what? Hey, um, I bet those iPhones aren't particularly secure either. So oh, um, right. it wouldn't surprise me if we had a second round of, of fallout from the fact that somebody's going to leave their phone somewhere and they're doing much more critical corporate mail on it than they used to. Yeah. Quick, uh, let's switch over to Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never get into that. I mean, it's, it, it's something, the fact that they didn't even have 
a business continuity plan in place to deal with the fact that um, that they've lost these systems and they had to switch to basically using what people own themselves. That tells you everything about how geared up they were in security because business continuity, disaster recovery is is one of the primary tasks of a information security officer. You 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 know you have the three that they you have the three pillars of security are um, data integrity, making sure your data hasn't been changed. Yeah, data protection, making sure the data hasn't been stolen, and data availability, which is making sure the data you need to run the businesses is operating all the time. Right. And guess what? They failed on all three of those. Yep. Every yeah. one of so, them. So, um, you know, that is that's not very good. And I'm I'm going back to the leadership thing. I'm quite sure there are information security people within Sony who have gone to the management and say, "We need this investment. We need these procedures within these policies. We need them to be endorsed and owned by you, the senior management, to protect our data." And everyone else going, "Oh, yeah, you know, we're not, we're not doing that." Yep. No. Well, you know, Chad or uh, <laughs> uh, David, we've talked in the past about uh, you and I taking over Microsoft. Maybe we should just take over Sony. Uh, I think I think we could do it as a side project. Certainly, An American you know, and a Brit takes over a Japanese yeah. company in leadership. So, something to do on the weekends, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I, it's not a full-time job. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm happy at OWC. I'm not going to leave that for Sony. No, absolutely. Yeah, but uh, on the side, yeah, the weekend yeah, or something. It'd be nice to spend the uh, spend the weekends with Angelina and Brad. Yeah, nice. You know? I don't. Th I don't. Well, you guys probably could if you were Sony, but probably the, new, the current Sony execs can't. No, but. probably not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break here. We'll be back right after this with TechFan. Hi there. How are you? It's the governor. You know how I got my huge muscles? Well, do you? I worked out every day and ate my vegetables. Now I'm learning how to grow my very own under your own Victory Garden podcast. It's only on the Starlight Network. I'm a gardener, you idiot. No, it's not a tumor. It's compost. Don't go to the chopper. Get to the raised bed. Hasta la vista, baby. And we are back here on Tech Fan Podcast 191. We'd love to get feedback from you guys. Real easy to do. Simply send an email to either Tim, David, or Owen at techfanpodcast.com or just go to techfanpodcast.com and leave a message there. You can also find us on Twitter. I am at mymac, M-Y-M-A-C. Where are you at on there, David? Uh, I don't know. You don't know. Um, David B. Cohen? Uh, at David B. Cohen. Yeah, yeah. And uh, some of them, some people, some of the listeners actually did that after the shenanigans that uh, Owen and I got into last oh, week, David. You got naughty. It, it, I couldn't stop laughing. That was so funny. Now, here's the thing. If, if For those who didn't listen to the last episode, um, I found out that when someone says, uh, hey, Siri, on a podcast, my Siri on my phone would hear that if it was plugged in, and it would respond. And so my saying that was actually affecting Owen's iPhone. Mm-hmm. So we were trying to hack people's iPhone. Here's what, this is why it didn't really work, David. If you're listening to this podcast or last week's podcast in your car and I said, hey, Siri, and your phone responds, it pauses the recording. It pauses the playback. Right. So yeah. it didn't hear my command after that. Mm -hmm. So I thought, oh, this isn't going to work. Except not everybody listens to the podcast that way. In fact, a couple of people didn't. Uh, if they had their, say, iPad or iPhone, charging next to their Mac mm -hmm. and they were listening to the podcast and I said it 
all of a sudden it did. It worked. So uh, Mark Shepard said, uh, you bastard. <laughs> and Tom Schmidt said, assholes. <laughs> uh, so it is. It did work. Uh, I asked Mark Shepard, you know, did, did it actually work? And he said, pretty much worked for me. Uh, I have an iPad, so no call to mom, but for but I'm going to the bank tomorrow for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so that was fun. That was a lot of fun. I, I, I mean, I, I frequently, I, I tend to plug my phone in to charge it on the on the nightstand at night. And if I'm watching TV, probably once or twice a week, it um, it hears something on the TV that it thinks is, is hey, Siri, and then it, it uh, goes into that mode. Yep. You know, and no, normally then what it does is it hears, it tries to interpret what it hears after that from the TV and then comes up with some garbage response. Yep. That's funny, though. You could turn it off. There's a setting so it, it will ignore yeah. the Hey Siri thing. That I wanted to mention that. Have you noticed how messed up the settings have become in iOS or not? Yeah, it does. IOS 8? It, it I can never find anything. Stuff. I'm having to Google everything I want to do on it yep. nowadays. Yeah, I, I'm totally with you. I think that as iOS has got more complex, very little thought has been put into where the preferences for are for all these different services. Right. Some of it's in sound, some of it's under general, some of it's under security. It's all over the place. And David, it's not just iOS, it's the Mac too. Yeah. But the Mac has been more screwed up in that regard for a lot longer. I mean, you just don't know where to go to, to do the basic things. Mm-hmm. You know, like on a Mac, well, maybe you go to your preferences on your desktop and that's where you change this setting. Sometimes you have to go under speech. Sometimes you have to go under general. Sometimes you have to go under accessibility. And sometimes you have to actually open the app itself and go into the app preferences. Yeah, right. it's it's all over the place. It, it, you know, as someone that's more of a casual Mac user, Chad, do you find that frustrating? Yeah, I found it a lot more frustrating recently. And you're, yeah. you, you use an iPhone now. Yeah. You got one about, what, two years ago? Two years. I've got a 4S. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, once again, with the last iOS upgrade... I'm stymied as well, and I see my iPhone doing things that, uh, frankly, I didn't tell it to do. <laughs> You're like, what? Why is it doing this? And then just trying to figure out how to stop it from doing that. Yeah. And I still think, and, and Owen and I were talking about this last week, I think Siri is only half-baked. I don't think it's still ready for prime time. Like, if, for instance, um, right now I've got my screen... All the way up, right? Right. On brightness. Let's say I just I want to cut my screen mm-hmm. brightness down by fifty percent. That's something that I should be able to do that with Siri, right? right? Well, let's Siri reduce screen brightness by fifty percent. Okay, I made the screen darker. Oh wow! Okay, that is. <laughs> <laughs> How about if I do that? Siri, go into airplane mode. Airplane mode is off. Let me know if you want to turn it on. Yes. Oh, there you go. It's off. Turn on airplane mode. Okay, I turned on airplane mode. Yeah, so it's actually working better than I thought it was. <laughs> well, hush my mouth. <laughs> hush my mouth. I'm waiting for her to say, gee, Tim, I'm not as dumb as you think, am I? <laughs> <laughs> but it's still half-baked. If, And this is something Owen was talking about. If he needs an actual answer to something, he still uses Google. Yeah. Because it's so much easier to use Google, and the answers are usually... More relevant to what you're actually asking. Right. Yeah. And Siri is kind of all over the board. I mean, 
you know, where's the nearest pizza place? And here's the therapy place close to you, Tim. What? Well, it could be worse. I mean, you could be driving around with a Microsoft UVO system like I have. <laughs> Pretty bad. <laughs> yeah. Call Kim Perry at home. Call which international number? <laughs> <laughs> Call Kim Perry. Yeah. I'm sorry, I can't process that command right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I have um, I, I have a, I've, I've got a brand new car with a voice control system on it. I never use it because it's terrible. It only does certain things, and it's it's slow. It doesn't do any sort of natural language progression, so you can only speak commands to it. You have to know ahead of time what those commands are, and of course, it doesn't tell you. It's terrible. It's really terrible. So as bad as Siri might be, um, and I really no idea whether Google Voice or the Google equivalent or um, the Microsoft one Cortana is any better. Um, it's still a lot better than than kind of what was the current state of the art of these things. Yeah, but we're still not there. You know, not like they were on Star Trek Voyager, for instance. No, and, and right. not like even not like they were in um, two thousand one Space Odyssey. Right. Where you could you could have a conversation with the computer that's trying to kill you. Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Dave. <laughs> um, I don't is. I don't use Siri all that often, to be honest. What I use it for is reminders. That's the number one thing I, I you know, Siri, make a entry on this date or, you know, mm -hmm. remind me of to do this tomorrow. I need to go to the bank. It's great for that. It just works. But for more complex things, it's hit or miss. Now, we got lucky here. The last two things I asked it to do, it actually did it. Right. But that's not usually... I personally think it knows Chad sitting here and an international audience is listening, so it's just trying to embarrass me. That's fine. Um, it's hit or miss. It really is. I, I want it to be better. That's well, really what it comes down to. Well, and I, and I agree with you, but I will say it is still better than what's in my car because there's sometimes where I actually have to, even though my, my iPhone is plugged in and synced with my vehicle, I still have to use Siri to do some commands because my car is not smart enough to understand my voice commands. Which is, when you think about how much space they have to work with, they have an entire car to build an infrastructure in. Yeah. You, you can't do anything with that? Uh, but, it's, but it's not about space, it's about money. No, it is. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly yeah. right, that the, the automotive industries are putting in the, the, the cheapest stuff they can to make the most profit on. And still calling it, well, yes, it has a smart system mm -hmm. in it. Uh, it does, but it kind of sucks. So uh, speaking of car stuff, I see that you got yourself a Sirius XM. I did. Um, do you use Sirius XM at all, David? Is that a thing? In, we in we don't we don't have that here. No. No. You know, Sirius XM came out what fifteen years ago. Yeah, about that. And at the time, everyone said this is going to be the death of radio, and of course it wasn't. Uh, that was the internet. And <laughs> <laughs> and you know, it's a subscription based service, and I was just never interested. I thought, you know what, all the music I want is on my iPhone. It's in iTunes, right? And beyond that recently well spotify and pandora mm. and itunes radio and why would you ever need you know satellite right. radio well here's the thing david as you know i've been doing a lot of traveling lately um i've been in la three times and each time i'm in la i have a rental car yeah uh, when i was in boston for instance landed at night and had to drive two and a half hours i was listening to uh that I, I didn't want to listen to podcasts because I really needed to kind of concentrate while I'm driving. Mm -hmm. I couldn't really lose myself in a, a talk show. I needed to pay attention to the road, but yet I can't just do that quietly. I, I have to hear some music or something. So Sirius XM for me was, oh, I'll put this on. I don't have it at home. I get to experience it now. 
the more I listened to it, the more I liked it because it's curated music by actual people. Right. I'm an 80s kid. You're an 80s kid. David's an 80s kid. We loved the music when we were growing up. And yeah, I have a whole lot of those MP3s, but it's stuff that I kind of put together. There's a lot of music that decade that I never listened to because I don't have it, right? right? And these lithograms that they use in, in these different programs don't always work very well. You know, it's like, uh, they're playing the same song again. They played it not too long ago. Well, I iTunes Radio is notorious for that. Oh, God, it's terrible. I think someone just sets up a playlist and hits repeat. Yeah. Um, it's actual people. They actually have DJs that come in and talk. And maybe it's because we listened to, to the radio as kids. We kind of got used to that. But there's no commercials. So they're talking about the music, mm-hmm. you know. I like that, you know. They're they're catching me up on what's going on with this band. Like I found out today, the guitar or is the guitarist, the guitarist maybe from 38 Special, it had to quit the band for a while because of hearing loss, because mm-hmm. having amps pointed right at his head. Is that important? No. But it was still kind of cool listen. And you know who yeah. told me that? Martha Quinn. Really? On the 80s channel, yeah. which is channel 8, yep. which the 70s is Channel 7. The 60s is Channel, channel six. 6. Yeah, yeah. Um, I kind of liked it. I got the, not the cheapest package, the second cheapest package. So it's like 30 bucks a quarter. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. But the audio quality isn't the greatest. I'll be the first to say that. They put a lot of compression in. It actually kind of sounds like the radio from the 80s where they had that really high compression sound to it that you just don't get from CDs or records. or right. <clears throat> Definitely not MP3s. But I, I like it. It sounds good. It's always music. I get to listen to exactly the genre of music that I want to hear. I'm good to go. And, you know, the, the little radio itself was like 40 bucks, I think. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to pay for it. It was a present. Do you, um, need to put, do you need to put an aerial outside the car for that to work? That's the best way of doing it. Uh, mine is just kind of sitting on, kind, on top of the dashboard. Right. And sliding back and forth when I make turns, so i got to secure it. But, yeah, you, you have to put an aerial on it. Um, I've read enough online to know that as long as it's in the window up on the dash in the front and the back, that's probably good enough. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't like sticking anything on the outside of the car like that. No. I just don't trust it. But, no, I like it. It sounds good. Um, I do occasionally get a couple drop-offs, and you either hear it or you don't. There's no static. Right. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's digital. So, But, you know, I didn't get the higher-end package with Howard Stern and Oprah Winfrey. I don't care about that stuff. But it's pretty cool. I like it. No, I, and I still listen to it. I, it came standard on my vehicle, so I had it for 90 days, and I enjoyed it. I just didn't feel like getting into the whole subscription thing and, and having to pay for it. Now, of course, they always run these free offers, usually two or three times a year, where they'll give you serious right. back to you for a week or two. And then I'll, I'll be listening to it predominantly when I'm in the vehicle because, once again, you hear music that you, know, you want to listen to. You can always find something, even when it's the reduced offerings because right. it's a it's promotional but even then you can still find most of the music you like or at least something that you didn't think you'd like to hear but then you end up listening to it i just found that i was listening to it in the rental cars and every single time i got into a rental car and put it on i was happy i was like oh cool i can listen to eight on 80s or you know or this or that whatever it was usually it was the 80s stuff yeah but you know and they would always play something that i'm like yeah i don't want to hear this but most of the time, I was like, oh, yeah, cool. I'm listening to this song now. Oh, this mm-hmm. song. Yeah, cool. I like that. And I wanted to have that experience no matter where I was at, whether I was home or on the road. So there you go. Yep. That was my cool. big Christmas. That and that pan up there. You can see my pan. Oh, nice. Yeah. 
and Cole got me a uh, 8-bit Mario shirt. He's like the size of my front of the shirt, <laughs> but it's the 8-bit, so he's made yeah. out of blocks. Yeah. And uh, I told Julie I wanted some lazy pants, which is like sleep pants, I guess. Mm-hmm. Men's lounge pants. And as Chad can see, it's Batman. Nice. It's the way I'm bam Batman cartoon. Yep. These are, I'm not going nice. out of the house. <laughs> I'm just going to slip these on and be lazy That's watching TV. That's what you think now. Before you know it, you'll be wearing slippers and those and going down to Walmart to buy beer. <laughs> That's, That's right. right. <laughs> so anything going on uh, tech-wise in your life, David? Anything new? Uh, no, well, not really. There's the uh, there's the electric car, which I need to talk about. Yep. Uh, so, so, I'm so you've been that. three weeks with that now? Uh, yeah, pretty much, and it's working out pretty well for me. Yeah, I was going to ask, does it, uh, any drawbacks popped up that you haven't thought about? Um, not really. You, the only thing is you, you, just, uh, you, you just are constantly aware of where you're going and um, how far you're going and, and that sort of thing. I, I've noticed that in the cold, it's starting to get a bit colder, the range has dropped off a bit, mm-hmm. which um, you know, I probably didn't think about before I, before I bought it. But apart from that, no, it's absolutely fine. Well, I was going to ask uh, about that. I mean, like with a traditional car, traditional, um, a gas-powered petrol car, if it's really cold, like we get here, Chad, you got to start your car before you're going to go anywhere. Let it warm up a little bit. Yeah. And even then, I mean, we've had some very cold weather here. You let your car warm up for ten minutes; it's still cold. It still hasn't defrosted all the. Yeah. You yeah. know, the engine is running, but it's going to take a while for the engine to get hot enough to make the air coming out. Now, an electric car, David, that should be warm immediately. Warm air coming out immediately because it's all electric powered, correct? It does. One thing I would say is there's plenty of certainly on this one, the Nissan Leaf I have. The most of the electrical systems seem to have been optimized for economy, so you never seem to be. They never quite perform as well as they would do on an on a on a conventional engine car. So, for instance, the uh, air conditioning, the climate control system, you you have to really crank it up. You really want it if you're one of these people who likes to have full hot air blasting out on you. You really have to really turn it up more than you would do on a on a petrol car and that's uh, to get kill it to your do. Battery and obviously that obviously that's mm-hmm. going to affect your range. The car's very good at telling you what that's going to do, but actually um, for that particular thing, one nice feature it has is the car is. It has telematics. It's connected all the time. It has a SIM in it, so um, you can actually, when it's uh, parked outside your house and it's and it's on, it's connected to the mains. It's charging. You can either set a timer or you can use your smartphone to actually activate the climate control before you get into it. Nice. So that when you do go out to the car, it's already warm. And it didn't take so, any power because and, it's and plugged if, in. Yeah, if yeah. you're plugged in, then it's not going to take any power. So that's that's pretty nice. So they have, you know, kind of addressed that a little bit. Now you, but can... yeah, you go ahead. Yeah, I was just to say, you find tend to find with the wipers and, and things like that. Sometimes they, you you end up turning the settings up more than you would normally do to get the performance you want. Now uh, I couldn't use an electric car. I mean, it's what 300, 250, 300 miles for me to get to here to Woodstock OWC when I go out there, like yeah. I'm planning on doing Monday, depending mm-hmm. on the weather, of course. Um, I couldn't do that with an electric. I could get there, but I couldn't get back, which yeah. kind of is a problem. Whereas you, Chad, your job is the next town over. Well, technically, what, three towns over, but... Yeah, so about 25 miles, 50 miles round trip. You could have and an I electric, you're, no you're, problem. So the Leaf is what, Dave, 200 per charge? Uh, no, it's, it's, a, it's about 100. Just a, it's said to be about 120. Actually, this time of year, I'm getting around about 95 to 100. So you would have no problem getting to and yeah. to work from... And now, you have a, a piece of property that you go to, which is about twice as far. Right. You still have no problem getting there and back. 
No, I wouldn't have any problem getting there. I'm not sure if I would take a Nissan Leaf there. It's no. a more rugged, but... <laughs> but that's why you have a pickup, yeah. too. So, yeah. I mean, you can that's do that. Right. But uh, an electric car... Uh, no, no. That I, would fit into your lifestyle just fine. No, and I've thought about it. I mean, I, I considered I considered an electric car when I was looking at the last one, or at least a hybrid, but um, still... If we're going to take long distance trips, we'd rather have something that was more fuel efficient. And the only problem with electric is that you can't get the distance you want out of it. No, no. I I, I think it's it's a very good second car. It's great for me. My commute is about seven eight miles a day, each way. So you probably uh, don't no even have to charge every day. Then, I, I'm I'm not I'm not charging it every day. I'm normally charging it every two or three days. And um, here in Manchester, we have a very very good uh, electric vehicle charging network. That's all over the place. So I most, yeah. um, for instance, when I was at the hospital last week with my family in the hospital, there was a charging set there. So I was actually parking up there for three, four hours and fully charging it whenever I wanted to. Now, what do you have so, to do to your house to accommodate an electric vehicle? So, so um, we, obviously we have 200, 240 volt power supplies here, which is 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 more than yours. Yours is only one hundred and ten. Yeah. So you can charge. With a trickle charger overnight, it takes about 12 hours just by plugging it into an ordinary three-pin socket here. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, they give you the cable to do that as part of, part of the deal of the car. For the um, the higher ampage, it's a 32-amp or a 16-amp charging cable, then at the moment what happens is that they come and install that into your house wiring for free when you buy one of these cars. Oh, nice. Um, so eventually they're not going to do that stuff. Eventually they're not going to do that, but but at the moment they do. And, and even doctors, if, there's a, even a benefit. If, if, yeah, even if they didn't, it's not that expensive. It's about um, probably about uh, two hundred dollars, something like that, for the charging point. Is all it basically is a little bit of wiring off your uh, off your mains wiring. It's not. Um, uh, I mean, thirty two amp is is kind of, kind of stuff that people often have for uh, electric dryers or right. washing mm-hmm. machines and that sort of thing. So it's not it's not um, beyond the capabilities of uh, of uh, domestic domestic supply if, if it's done properly, and that will give that will charge you up in a, depending on which model of the car you have, you know, it will charge you up in either eight or four hours. Nice. So um, and and then yeah, and most of the chargers around Manchester are like that as well, so they'll charge mine in four hours. Um, on the motorway network, they have a lot of chargers here in the UK that will give you eighty percent of the battery charge for nothing in in half an hour. Mm. Uh, so those are very very rapid. So um, you you can pretty much travel if you plan it out, and again you're not in a rush. You can travel quite long distances by going between those. They're you know normally not more than about forty miles apart. So you can go to between a couple of those and and then top up while you have something to eat and a drink, and then keep going. So um, again, you can you know obviously it does depend on that infrastructure. And um, here in the UK, we're fortunate that it's small enough that um, it's fairly easy to build out the infrastructure to go fairly long distances. Having said that, um, I have a friend who lives north here of Manchester. Once you go north of Manchester, it becomes a lot more rural. Um, and uh, there's no charging points where he lives at all, and he's probably about 15, 20 miles from here. So I wouldn't want to do that journey without making sure I had a full charge before I left. And that's really the thing that you kind of have to think about. It's very easy when you're driving around day by day to think, oh, okay, I don't need to charge it today. I, I can charge it tomorrow or the day after. But then if then you suddenly need to do a slightly longer journey and you haven't charged the car, then you've got a problem. So you do kind of get in the habit of uh, any time there's an opportunity to park it up and charge it for a while, then you tend to do that because then that means it's always topped up. You never want to be caught with a – otherwise, you know, you wouldn't drive a petrol car around with a, a tank that, was, uh, that only had 30 miles in it most of the time. You know, it's still um... – a lifestyle choice, an electric uh, electric 
car, it's really not an economic choice yet. Right. Simply because yeah. of the infrastructure and the technology for a country the size of the United States, it's just not there yet. It just yeah. isn't. Um, I really look forward to the day that it is, though. I really do. Uh, is that you, David? That's the phone here, yeah. Somebody will answer it in a minute, I'm sure. <laughs> good choice. There we go. That's a pretty good choice of uh yeah, yeah. I like that. Um friend of mine just got a job at Tesla. Really? Oh. Yeah. And uh, he's uh, very excited to be working for that company. I don't think they're giving him a car or anything. But when I was in uh, Manhattan Beach, L.A., uh, for the MacTech conference in October, I'm going to say, they, they Tesla brought three cars out for test drives. I didn't get a chance to do one because uh, the, the, the slots filled up very quickly. Right. But, man, those are just so nice. Even the sedans, which is what they brought out. Just, oh, those are so nice cars. And I, I, I want, I think Tesla's got it right. And I have to say, David, I, I think Nissan with the Leaf has got it wrong when it comes to styling. You don't have to make yeah. it look freaking goofy because it's an electric, electric yeah, car. And yeah, too they, many I companies mean, do that. Oh, here's yeah, our they, electric. And you're like, who the hell would want to drive that ugly thing? The, the thing is, is that, yeah, the, 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 the Leaf is styled, you know, with a, a, a nod towards the aerodynamics. It's all about improving the aerodynamics for range, and and I really what that comes comes down to, I think, is is the price point. If you want the car to be affordable to general people, then that means that you you can't put the kind of power of battery and everything that that Tesla puts into theirs. Um, and you got so, a twenty fifteen. Uh, yeah. See, now that's a pretty good looking that's, car. That's not a bad looking car. I, I'm think when I think Leaf, David, I'm thinking of the 2014, 2013 yeah. first first yeah. versions that came yeah. out that looked kind of like a like a mutant VW, a mutant Beetle. But this yeah, one, this... yours has more of a, a fish look to it in the front. Yeah. Kind yeah, of like it's... a Barracuda or something. Yeah, it's, I would it's, say guppy, it, but I don't want to. It's feelings. not bad. It's um, I, I think I think it is in some respects a slightly acquired taste, but it it's not bad. But no, it's it a nice is very car. It's, it's very much driven by the um, by the aerodynamics um, to try and improve the range. I think you know Tesla basically took the view that they will put enough power and range in the car that um, they. While that's a concern, it's not the it's not the driving concern. Right. Um, so so they can afford to make it more car like, um, and, and also obviously have different different models and styles. But two of and them don't. Well. Too many electric. They just look stupid. Well, yeah, you know, I mean, it's I, like, I, I, well, I think we don't could... want to make it look too attractive because, you know, we still want people to buy the gas cars. So we'll make those look attractive. We'll make these look kind of goofy, futuristic, stupid. And it'll just be for a, a very narrow group of people because that's how we're going to make anyways. Yeah. Take a look at the um, the, the one that's Kai's Corner calls the stir over here is the BMW i3. Yeah, I've seen that one. Yeah. Um, I'll show it to Chad. BMW i3 electric, yeah. 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 See, I. You do you like it? Uh, Not really. No, I think it's ugly. I mean, I think I think they kind of looks like a shoe. Yeah, they kind of have fallen into that trap. Oh, it looks a little bit like a Chevy Caliber. Yeah, it does. Or a Dodge Caliber, I mean. They they have kind of gone. Oh, we're going to make it different from all our other cars. I eight though. (laughs) (laughs) I want the I eight instead, David. Yeah, the I eight is 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 very nice. Yeah. But you know the I eight the I eight is is 
you know, it costs the same as a Tesla. It's very expensive. Yeah. Yeah. You know. I don't know. It, you know, I'm still driving my 05 Honda Accord. I'm coming up on 220,000 miles on it. Uh, you never know it has that many miles by looking at it or driving it because I maintain it. Mm-hmm. And I, I really want an electric, but the technology just has to improve. I I I would agree with that. It very you know I'm very fortunate that it it fits my personal lifestyle at the moment. Yeah. We couldn't do it. If we didn't have another conventional gas car. Um, so you know we have another car for for longer distances and that sort of thing. Um, so so yeah, it just happens to fit fit with my lifestyle and where I live and and that sort of thing at the moment. And and to be honest, with you, one of the and I've said this to a couple of people. One of the advantages of it at the moment is that all the infrastructure is very cheap or free. Yeah. Because they're trying to encourage people to use them, um, but there's not enough around there that for, that if everyone was driving one, I'd hate to be having to queue up for these charges. Right, it takes a long so, time, and then you got to so, wait even longer. You know, yeah, so I'm 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 in a very fortunate position at the moment. I'm one of very few people in this area who has one of these cars. This means I'm I'm not waiting for charges all the time. Yeah, you know, for for it to scale up. Uh, things not only would the the uh, performance of the vehicles themselves have to change, but also the quality of infrastructure would have to be much much larger. Well, something um, is going on. There. Right, something's going on here, at least in the United States. I think it's happening in the UK as well. Right now, that's putting a, a kind of a a crimp a little bit on the electric car sales, and that gas prices right now here in the United States is the lowest that they've been in a decade. Yeah, I, I filled up yesterday or not yesterday, day before yesterday for a dollar ninety eight a gallon. I haven't seen it under two two bucks a gallon since two thousand. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, yeah, we we're also seeing that drop though. It's it's cushioned from us because we pay so much tax on our fuel. Right, right. So um, it's dropped from about um, one pound thirty a liter to about one pound ten a liter. So that's quite a big drop. But having said that, one pound ten a liter is still um, you know uh, probably about five six five pound fifty a gallon. Yep. Mm-hmm. An, an imperial gallon. So that's still, you know, eight nine dollars a gallon for you. So, you know, that that most of that is tax. That's not the actual cost of the fuel. So, um, it, it we are cushioned from that somewhat. Um, I, I mean, when I first bought when I first bought a it's car, a cushion, David. Yeah, it is. When I first bought a car, the, it was one pound seventy eight for a gallon. Wow. Uh, was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was. Yeah. That's well, why yeah, diesels have always been so much more popular in the UK than it has. Well, here the thing in the is, United the States. diesel isn't the diesel. There's a backlash against diesel here now. Diesel is as uh, for, for a long time was cheaper than petrol. It's now taxed, so it's more expensive. It's more than about four or five pence a litre more than petrol. Mm-hmm. Um, so actually, you have to do about eighteen twenty thousand miles a year to break even on diesel, even with the the extra economy the diesel cars get. Um, but the other thing, well, as well now, is people are now starting to say that the particulate emissions from diesel is really really bad yeah. for you. And so a lot of the cities, at uh, Paris, for instance, announced recently they were looking to, looking to the next two three years banning all diesels. So um, I think diesel is 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 probably going to see quite a lot decline because it looks like they are really coming down against it. Well, maybe that'll herald the more uh, efficient electric or at least the hybrids. I think you know if if I was going to buy a new car, I would seriously look at a hybrid because if yeah. for my long journey, I would use a quarter of the fuel mm-hmm. a lot of that time would be spent on electric um, yeah I, I i drove i drove a prius for six years i had two priuses i had the previous model and then the current model um and i typically got round about 55 to the gallon hour about 
So any, so, any new technology stuff in your life, Chad? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no new tech other than stuff that comes through at work. So Yeah. But uh, at, at home, no. We Is there anything out there that's, like, exciting to you? Like, ooh, I'm kind of, I, I, maybe I'd like to get one of those. Well, probably the next big investment for us is going to be getting a new uh, MacBook. So we do have to replace that. So I'm curious to see what comes out in the next year. Do you have an I, uh, Do you have an Apple TV? No. Don't even have an Apple TV? Well, you should get one. It's 99 bucks. I know. Or are you an Amazon Prime member? No, I'm not an Amazon Prime member. So you guys don't buy a lot on Amazon? Well, Kim actually buys more than I do. Most of her most of the, her purchases are through Amazon, but I don't know if we'd ever do enough to do Amazon Prime or justify it. Louder, Chad. I don't know if we'd ever justify it. I haven't well, but, enough. But, but you, with all the free video stuff that's, that's on true. there, I mean, you could watch a, a brand new movie every night of the week with Prime and never have to repeat it. There's enough content on there and TV shows. And, and see, I would enjoy that, but... Because I would sit up in my office and watch it. Watch because it. I've got an HD TV in my office, and I've also got my Mac, and I can watch them both there. Now downstairs, we still have an old um, well, cathode it, ray tube. Yeah, it needs. So you got to get so, a new TV down yeah. there, and then get this Fire Stick for you know dirt cheap. Uh, I I've got it hooked up to the arcade machine back here. Yeah. I finally got a splitter, David, so I've got the Apple TV hooked up to it as well. Okay. Um, I'm really pleased with that Fire Stick. I mean, it's what thirty bucks. Yeah. All the content is there. I did finally play a game on it. Um, I don't know why they had this big... They gave me all these points, and points are money. Oh, no, I take that back. <clears throat> I used the points to buy a game for the iPad, or the uh, <clears throat> the Fire Kindle, or the Kindle Fire. Um, they had a big free sale going on, mm -hmm. and so I got Sonic the Hedgehog on the Fire Stick. Yeah. And you play it with the remote. It sucked. <laughs> Well, you, you well, got one thumb to move and jump and to push the buttons, and it just, you can't do it. Yeah, but that's like when they came out with laser discs. Remember when they came out with the, with the first right. DVDs, and they gave, you could buy, a, what was it, the big DVD video game? Uh, Dragon's, Dragon's Lair. Lair. Yeah. yeah. Trying to play it with a DVD remote? Yeah. yeah. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> or I, I think a, a probably a more apt comparison would be the original iPod games, where you could play the games with the click wheel. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it doesn't yeah. really. In fact, I think I had Sonic the Hedgehog on my iPod. You know what? I've got it sitting right here, Chad. Let's see. Um, well, of course, for this experiment, it has to be turned on. I can't tell you. It's probably not charged, is it? No, you know, the thing is, I do charge a slow. Oh, you, Look, it's got a full charge. It does. So, um, where do I get the games on here? Is that extras? Yeah, extras. Extras, games. games. And I got Pac Man. Oh, see, I got Sonic the Hedgehog there, too. So I could play Sonic the Hedgehog on my original iPod. With a click well, wheel. With a click wheel. And uh, I, I think it's just this and the center button. So yeah. you could kind of, on this device, use two hands. Mm -hmm. But, you know, if I show you this uh, remote, this is the remote for the Fire TV. Oh, good Lord. I mean, look at the click wheel. Yeah. I mean, it's too small. You yeah. can't really do anything. Touch anybody. What is this? Create. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what this is. I guess you have to start a new game. It tells you how long it's been. It just didn't have any saved data on yeah. the side part. Um, so push menu button to skip. Yeah, skip. I don't. What am I skipping? I don't know what it's doing, David. 
Okay, so you play it with the click wheel, and then this is probably jump. Oh, and no. you push up and it pauses yeah. it. So how do you get out of this if the center button? Oh, you there push you up and then... You got to save and quit or whatever you yeah. want to do. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's probably more like that right. than a laser disc, but it's not... You know, when you try to squeeze a game on something that's really not designed for it, like the original cell phones, like this right. iPod, like the yep. Fire TV, you know, there's too many compromises. And instead of trying to do that, I wish companies would add in features that make sense. You know, mm -hmm. uh, build a better queue system so I can save my the videos. Netflix and Amazon both are crappy about that. You got I got to kind of search. If I was watching, for instance, I watched a couple episodes of Miami Vice. Yeah. Right now I'm watching Voyager, Star Trek Voyager on uh, Netflix. Yeah. If I want to go back to Miami Vice, I got to kind of search around for it to find out oh, where was that listed again, and it's not it's not obvious. They need to do a better job of that kind of thing. Stop trying to squeeze gameplay into the Fire TV. Make a better queue system. Make a better menu system. Well, it could be Xfinity On Demand, which is even worse. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. Um, yeah. But at least we have it. True. <laughs> so anything going on other than uh, that, Chad? Or uh, David? Uh, not for me, no. Nope. It's, uh, it's been pretty quiet, and uh, we haven't really done much present stuff. we got some stuff for the kids. I gave... Um, Alexander and my old iPhone 5, so he's very happy with that. Oh, I bet. Um, and uh, I gave my five-year-old uh, an old iPod Nano loaded with, you know, kids' music, so she's also very pleased with that. So, so you gave him the iPhone as an actual phone still, or is no SIM card? It's just uh, it doesn't like, have a SIM card in the moment. Okay. I probably will get him a SIM card because sometimes when he's, you know, he's traveling in the back of the car, a lot of the games he plays now, they need to be online in order to work, or they want to check online for stuff. Um, and I've noticed with his iPad that um, when he was in the hospital, he was saying, "Oh, can you bring a, an internet dongle so I can play some of these games because they won't they won't play unless they're online." So I probably will get him just a day sim that um, you that and he can use for uh, that. Your, your son and Brooke are about the same age, eleven. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I don't know if you listened to the last ODBC radio that I did. I didn't do one this week. Uh, I was actually going to record one right before Christmas, I had a guest lined up. Daniel East was going to come back and do the show, and we're still going to get him on, but uh, Cole got really sick the night before, and there was no way Julie could take the kids out of the house. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, no OWC radio this week. I talked about in the last one, though, about turning off parental controls off yeah. of her laptop. This is her laptop here, Chad. Yeah. And I was a little worried about it, to be honest, but... She's always been very mature and reactionary about the internet. And when I say reactionary, if she sees something that she doesn't think her or Cole are supposed to see, she's immediately closing it. She's immediately telling Cole to get away. Mm -hmm. I mean, she's very conscious of this is good stuff, this is bad stuff. When she wants to watch a video, she'll bring it to me first. Can I go to this website, Dad? Yeah. I'll check it. So I don't think that she really needs the parental controls. It was getting in her way of enjoying the computer. It was very mm -hmm. frustrating to her, which is why she was really starting to look at the Chromebook because it didn't have it turned on. So right. much easier to do things on there than the Mac because it yeah. has parental controls. Now that I've turned them off and they've been off for a couple of weeks, I don't regret it at all. Good. Do you use any kind of parental controls for uh, Alexander? He has, he has um, 
Well, he had. We did have parental controls turned on on his previous, uh, on when he was on iOS seven, so that he couldn't really do anything without me doing it for him. Right. Um, with iOS eight, we I've set up the family sharing thing for him, so um, he if he wants to buy apps, he has to ask me, and it comes through to me. Yeah. Um, the uh, the, the I think I'm trying to remember now. Pretty sure that I have a couple of restrictions that certainly I've turned off in-app purchases. Though I think with family sharing, that would also have to come through to me. I've not checked that. Um, but not much else, to be honest. I mean, when when I moved into iOS 8, I thought he was old enough that he could have his own email account now. Um, and he can use the browser and that sort of thing. He knows that he's not meant to go to YouTube. Um, and I, I need to figure out. I'm, I'm told there are ways you can put parental controls onto YouTube, but I've not figured out how to do that yet. So that's something else I need to do for him. But apart from that... <laughs> Not a lot of restrictions now. I, I wish more popular sites like YouTube would give it, as parents, would give us more access to quickly go ahead and set up parental controls. Because I don't want to block her from YouTube. Half the content, she's way into Minecraft. And there's this yeah. one, Yeah. he's actually a British guy. He's got this high shrieky voice, which, oh, it just grates on my nerves. Or at least it sounds high and shrieky when he's she's listening to it on the laptop with the tiny speakers. Mm. But he's got this cackling hee hee and it's kind of this high pitched voice and oh it just irritates me so much this guy. She loves it because he does all this stuff in Minecraft. He mm -hmm. builds things, he goes on explorations and I understand why she likes it. It's a cool show, except obviously his voice. Right. Um so I don't want to ban her from YouTube because that's it's one of her favorite things in the world to watch. And I know six months from now, she's not gonna give a crap about Minecraft. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean that's just the nature of the beast at this age. Um, right now, Cole's into Pokemon cards, and so is Brooke to a lesser degree. But he's way into Pokemon cards. He he got a couple hundred for Christmas now. Mm. I uh, I was happy for him, but I know six months from now, he's not going to care about Pokemon cards. I'm going to be finding them crammed in the toy box. Half of them are ripped. He's not going to care. So while she's into this, I don't want to ban this thing that gives her so much enjoyment. You know, right. So it's it's you know it's hard to manage it. So if anybody listening has ways, they have practices that they use with their kids. I, I can't speak for David, but for me, I'd love to hear what you do because as a parent, hey, we I, I love taking suggestions from other people. Don't you, David? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, lots of people figure out lots of different ways of doing these things and um, use different tools and approaches, and it's always good to have a conversation about that. Yep. I still, there still isn't a, at least none that I know, maybe someone out there listening knows and they can send us this information. I wish there was a website specifically for parents in technology that's updated all the time. I mean, I, I don't need to see, you know, how do you control their second life account? <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, right. A, it's not 2003 anymore. Something that's continuously updated that takes into consideration the newest version of Android and the Mac and Windows 10 and iOS 8. I mean, I, that's what I, it has to be updated all the time. And it has to have a lot of contributors that are, you know, talking about stuff. I think that would be a great website to have, but I don't know that one exists. Yeah, I don't, I don't know either, but I'm sure, um, I'm sure if, if people know that point is in the right direction. That would be nice. Did you see yeah. the uh, new banner up at MyMac.com, David? I did not. If you go to... Uh, I, I can hear him clicking. He's going to it right now. 
Uh, I put up a new logo up at MyMac.com. Yeah, and the old logo as well. The old logo is up there. And, you know, 2015 is kind of an important date for MyMac. It's 20 yeah. years that we've been publishing. And I wanted that to be reflected on uh, Merry Christmas from the G-Men. <laughs> oh, boy. You missed that one? <laughs> I, I, no, I, you know, I saw it. I just haven't watched it yet. Guy snuck this one in. He didn't even ask to post it. That's okay. It's, I'm sure it's PG. Yeah. Um, my Kindle review is up there. My Kindle Fire review is about mm, 75% written now. I wanted to have it up before the holidays. It just didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when you're writing a review, and I know, uh, David, you could probably appreciate this, and you've done some reviews too in the past, sure. Chad. Um, sometimes it's just, you, you think you know what you're going to say, you get into it, and you're just like, this is, just isn't working. Mm-hmm. This is, It's not saying what I want it to say. And you just kind of hit that wall, and you're like, I'm just going to step away from it for a little while. I'm going to play with the device a little bit more, and then I'll come back, reread what I've written so far, change probably 20% of that, and then continue. And that's kind of where I am right now with my Kindle Fire review. Right. I know what the score is going to be. Um, I know the high points that I want to hit, but it just it's not coming together the way I want it to. You know, you know it's not called the Kindle Fire anymore as well. It's now just called Amazon Fire. Is it? Yeah. You're kidding. They've dropped the Kindle names from them. Really? Yeah, I noticed that on a, I noticed that on an on an ad last night from them um, that just says Fire Tablets. Now I have to go look because that's going to bother me. Why would they do that? I I guess they want to dissociate the Kindle name from the the thing from the yeah they're definitely called just called Fire Tablets now. No, mine. I think that must be a UK thing. I'm looking on their website now. It says Kindle Fire HDX7. Oh, so maybe that is a UK branding then. Fire. No, no. no and then, way, and then the one over here yeah. says Fire HD6. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm thinking that the 6-inch might have dropped the Kindle name. But the 7-inch, oh, how about the big ones? No, the, fig, the big ones. are Fire HDX. Yep, 8.9-inch. That yep. the, doesn't have the Kindle name. But yep. yet the original one does, the one that I'm reviewing, the Kindle Fire HD, or someone just hasn't changed the name on the website yet. It could be. This yeah, is um, the one that I actually really want is not that one. Um, the one that I want to review is that the new paper white one. The Voyager. Yeah, the Voyager. Is it Voyager? Yeah, a Voyage or Voyager? Voyage. Yeah. Voyage. Yeah, That's the, the one Voyage, I want to review. Yeah. Um, it just looks like a cool device. These kind of things, this uh, Mogo gaming systems, these always look good to me, Chad, but yeah. every time I've ever played with one, they kind of suck. Mm. It's basically slapping a, a cell phone onto a controller and, yeah, it just, nah. no, nah. this doesn't work that well. David, you went and got the um, the NES controller that I reviewed a couple weeks ago. I did. You know what? I love that thing so much. Do you love it? Oh, yeah, I really like it. Um, I really, really like it. I, I spent a very happy evening the other night going through every game I had on my iPad, trying it out and seeing whether it had supported the arcade mode properly. Um, and and that's the only disappointing thing about it, is that it's so hard to find nowadays which games support these controllers and which don't. So you end up just trying everything and seeing whether it works. But So I, I got a whole load of, of, of cool just, platforming games. I just games pulled it out it. for Chad to see, but I was going to do something here. I think it's starting a uh there's an app and i'm not going to get into details on where you get the roms and stuff um 
let me pull it up I don't need that get off the screen the app is called floppy disk or floppy cloud floppy cloud it's it's they pulled it already by the way so they already pull it yeah yeah so if I go to my Dropbox for instance Chad yeah and I go down to ROMs no I think I put it under yeah it's ROMs so basically what this is it's an NES emulator so I go to ROMs, I go to NES, it doesn't work with MAME. Mm-hmm. And then, what's a good, Super Mario Brothers? Is that a good one that you could think of? Sure. Or, yeah. All right, so I'm doing this on while I'm recording, so go ahead and talk about this a little bit, David, while I pull this up. So so this, this app basically was snuck on the App Store just before the deadline for submissions for Christmas happened. Uh, and it, it looks like it's a file manager, which is why it's called Flappy, Floppy Cloud. Um, but it hooks your Dropbox account, and basically what the guy did is he hit, he hid a Nintendo Entertainment System and a Super Nintendo Entertainment System emulator into this app, so that basically you load the files from your Dropbox, and then it bangs up as an emulator, and, you, and then you can play the games. Um, and it supports this iCade-style controller. Mm-hmm. So I so, just I just uh, paired my uh, NES30 gamepad to it. Now I fire up this thing. And Chad, you could describe what's going on here. So right now you are playing Super Mario um, on your. Uh, nah, I've got it. It's not correct. It's not doing anything. Oh, did start button? Um, maybe you put it in the wrong mode because it's. Yeah, uh, I know. It's that certain mode that you have to do. Uh, star, maybe this one. Is it st- for iCad, I think it's start and A. Yeah, that's what I did, and it didn't. Yeah. But the problem is, do I have to turn it off, turn it back on? See, I think once you start this thing up, that's the mode that it's in. Yeah. Yeah, you, could, yeah, you have to turn it off. To put well, it how different. do you turn it off? You hold down the start button. Oh, really? Yeah. All right, let's try. I did I did start A. That's our... Well, what's, what's the other modes for this? Do you remember, David? Uh, there's a... There's a keyboard emulation mode. There's a. Um, What's the keyboard? Do you remember? Let's start. Start. No, I don't remember what it is. It's uh, it's kind of has those instructions uh, written in Chinglish. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's try this. No, it's not working. I promise this has worked before. I oh, was I, sitting I here. I was sitting here playing this. I can do it on the screen. I was actually playing this with the NES controller, mm-hmm. and it was perfect. And it felt right because it's an actual NES-like controller. Uh, it's much better than the on-screen controls. But I'm playing the NES Super Mario right now, David. Yeah. And it works great. Very cool. And it's kind of sad yeah. that they had to pull it. I understand why they did. Yeah. But still, it's like, Well, nah. yeah. So the only thing to say, anybody who's, who's got hold of this, this app, Obviously, they've pulled it from the app store now. So if you change your device, you won't get it back again. So make sure you back up manually to your Mac or your Windows PC the actual IPA file so you can reinstall this on a device in the future. Yep. Because once it's gone, it's gone. Yep. But it works great. Yeah. Yeah. And probably once every, I'm going to say, David, three months, another emulator comes out that someone hides in another app. Hmm. And it works until Apple finds it. To too many people learn about it, and then Apple pulls it. Yeah, but I've got a couple. I I had one that's a main, but I don't remember the name of it. And I've got so many apps that I haven't bothered to go back and look. Um, 
but you got to be careful with them because some of them they don't work and most of the people that do this they sell the, the software they don't give it away for free uh this one i believe was free when it came out so yeah but it's still kind of a it shows you what nintendo should be doing on mobile they should totally release yeah, an nes pack for ios and well, even what sony should be doing I mean, once they basically came out with a Vita and cut off all the support for the old uh, PSP. PSP games, I don't know why they just wouldn't post them up there. It's, there's a, it's plenty almost, of PSP games I would play on my iPhone still. Yeah, so. I don't understand why these companies... I understand that they, they're trying to protect their IP. I understand why they're trying to drive sales for the Nintendo 3DS. But you know what? It's a big, bad world now. More people have an iPhone than the 3DS. You could make a lot of money, which I kind of thought was the point in these companies to make money. Yeah, you can make yeah. a lot of money if you release the original Super Mario for iOS. And it, it costs would be almost the, nothing to deliver in warehouse software. Let's, so let's right? face it: if Nintendo produced a quality application that ran these old games, an official one, yeah, even if they sold that with their own controller that only worked with that and nothing else, and then yep. they charged. Five dollars, ten dollars per game. They'd still make it some of money. They'd make a killer. Yeah. It, it would be a killer success. They would make a ton of money, uh, and it's what people want. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, five bucks is a lot for a game, but would you buy Super Mario for your iPhone if it was from Nintendo? In a heartbeat, oh, yeah. who wouldn't? Because we grew up with that game. Yeah. We want to play it again, and now it's a mobile. You can take it wherever you want. I don't. I don't get it, David. I don't understand why they don't do that, but. That's probably a topic for another episode, although we have kind of talked about it in the past. Uh, with that, we're going to wrap up this episode of Tech Fan. It's an extra long episode, but that's because Chad's here. Yeah, well, thanks for having me over. <laughs> thanks for coming over, playing the arcade. David, uh, I will see you uh, next week. We actually record a day before I head out to Vegas for CES. And then two weeks after that, I'll be in Orlando, Florida, and then back to L.A. Um, in uh, March, I'm back in... Nevada again. Cool. Crazy. David, have a good uh, weekend. And you. <laughs> good speech, Chad. Yep, good to talk to you too, David.